Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Okay, church, remember where we left off last week. Okay, Jesus, right, our Savior, our Lord, He just introduced us to the third person of the triune God, the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason he does this, if you call, is, is because he, he had just been talking to his disciples, and they're agitated, they're worried, they're stressed, and he says, no, no, I want to give you peace and comfort. I, I, I've just been telling you that I'm about to leave, I'm, I'm going to go back to the Father, and the disciples are going, are you serious? And he's, I'm, 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 let me introduce you to somebody else, hold on, hold on. Let me finish, and he wants to give us peace and comfort that we need in order, guys, to do life in this world. He knows that. Okay, Jesus never came and said, hey, listen, this world is going to be rainbows and butterflies. Go for it. He goes, man, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. There's going to be stresses. You're going to be agitated. There's going to be things in life you don't understand. You need the Holy Spirit for peace and comfort. I want to give you the Holy Spirit, right? So if you recall... If you weren't here last week, recall, Jesus starts off a statement with an if, if, right? It's a marker of condition, and, he, and Jesus speaks this. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. That's how he says this, if you love me, right? And if you constantly, repeatedly, habitually love me, he says, then you will obey my commands. Now, the question, guys, that we asked last week is why would Jesus start off his teaching about the comforter, about the helper, about the advocate, about our Holy Spirit? Why would he start with a dependent clause conjunction? You know, Ben, I didn't know this was English class. No, it's an if. It's a conjunction, right? Now, a conjunction, what does it do? It links what was said before to what he's about to say. It's a, but if is a dependent clause conjunction. You know, Pastor, you lost me. No, 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 stay with me, stay with me. He says, if you love me. Now, remember the context, okay? Context is so important. Jesus has been teaching. We're gathered together in an intimate setting. The crowds have gone away. He's really pouring into his disciples. What is he teaching them, church? Do you remember? He says he's teaching them in the upper room all about peace and comfort. He's about to go away. And then he says this statement, if you love me. And I'm thinking, I would be raising my hand and go, Lord, they left everything to follow you. I mean, they, they didn't just part-time serve you. That, as a matter of fact, if you're taking notes, remember that Peter actually tells Jesus that they had left everything. Mark's gospel records this, chapter 10, verse 28. He says, then Peter began to say to Jesus, see, we have left all and followed you. You go, what does that mean? Well, the implication, Peter stands up, and I bet he's thinking, man, we've left everything to follow you. We left family. We left friends. We left jobs to follow you, Jesus. What do you mean, if we love you? What do you mean, if we love you? Why? Because Jesus starts off with if, with if. Your attention, please. I I think for a moment, guys, I think maybe that was written for us. You go, why? Because a lot of times in our walks, we'll follow Jesus, but we haven't left anything. I was sitting on my couch, my recliner this morning going over that, and I was like, wow. 
You see, the disciples go, we left everything. We're, we're following you. We left, we left the world behind. We left anything that they said was, and, and we followed you. What do you mean if? But I was thinking, what if he was meaning that for us? Because we'll raise our hand and we'll say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, but we haven't left anything. You see, here's what we've done. We've taken Jesus and we've made him a part of our lives in the grand scheme of things, but we've never left all to follow him. You know, I don't know. I don't know either, but I do know this. I bet this statement, if, right, the if clause, I bet this statement precedes a teaching about the Holy Spirit, and it seems to be designed to teach us that the Holy Spirit only fills a heart that is true and a heart that it loves him. With evidence, what's the evidence? That a love is obedient to him. That's what he's saying. He's going to teach us about the Holy Spirit, right? He's going to teach us that the Holy Spirit is going to fill a heart that's true if, if you love me. John reiterates his message in 1 John 5, 3. He says, loving God means keeping his commandments. And then he looks at us and he says, his commandments aren't burdensome. It's almost like we would raise our hand and say, well, those are hard. Those are hard. Lord, are you sure? He says, man, this is what loving God means. You keep my commandments. So Jesus goes on to bring peace and comfort, and he, and he declares, right, in the word of God that loving God means to love his commandments. Last week, we learned about commandments, right? What did we learn? We learned that the word commandment means order, commission, or command, okay? Obey the great, great commission, go into the land and preach the gospel. But here's my question to you, church. How many of you remember the 11th commandment? You go, the 11th commandment? I thought there were only 10. No, no, there's 11 of them. There is. Old Testament. Hold on. What? Exodus chapter 20. No, no, there's 11. What did he say? That we, right, exactly. That what? That we should love one another. That's the 11th. That we should love one another. So in context, right, in context, context, here's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, listen, here's the deal, guys. To the disciples, you guys are going to do greater works than I could ever do. I've only been, I've only been restricted to Israel. I've gone as far as Capernaum and, and Galilee and up over here and down to the Dead Sea. And I'm just this. He says, you're going to do far, far, far more by preaching the gospel. But there's condition to preach the gospel, is there not? You go, what's that? You got to love people. You got to love people. You, that, and, and, and again, he says, man, if you, again, think about it. If you love me, he says, if you love one another, people will know this, like, by the love, this is the one command I have for you. You see, when we preach the gospel, we're actually declaring our love for people. You see, if we love God, listen to me, church, we will love his people. And you cannot say, I love God, but I don't like people. I love God, right? Because 1 John 4.20 says this, if someone says, I love God, and hates his fellow believer, that person is a liar. That person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? That's what John says. John says, if you're like, I just love God, I just love God, I just, I just love him, I just love him, but do you love people? I don't like people. I don't like people. I don't even like those church people. Those church people are such hypocrites. Look at them sitting there raising their hands to worship. Psh, I know. Guys, that's, he says, you're a liar. You don't love God. Because in order to love God, you'll love people. You'll love people. And so this, is, this is just amazing. This is amazing. Now, of course, right? Of course, we, we, we finished our study last week. And Jesus tells us, I'm not going to leave you 
orphans. The word is, I'm not going to leave you comfortless or parentless. I'm glad. Thank you, Jesus, right? He says, I'm not going to leave you orphans, verse 18. He says, I will come to you. Now, what's he talking about? Well, we need to know that, that here, Jesus' message is he's talking about after the resurrection, okay? I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. That has many implications. But I was thinking about Matthew 28, 18 through 20, right? As he's telling his disciples, he says this, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, quote, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Now, here's what he says. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. What's he saying? He says, I'm always going to be with you. That's what he's saying, right? So when he says, I'm not going to leave you orphans, I'm going to come to you. You're going, okay, so I don't have to stress. I don't have to be agitated. I don't have to be worried that I'm going to be left alone. To handle this task. Because Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. I love that Jesus tells us, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Church, if you get nothing out of this, know that you're not an orphan. That you're not an orphan here. You're not parentless. You're not comfortless. Jesus is with you. He's with you. Now, I bet the disciples were wondering, okay, Jesus... Um, how is Jesus going to be with them if he's going to be in heaven with the Father? How is he going to be with us, right? Because he just said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. In order to not leave me an orphan, you have to be here. How's this going to go? How is this going to play, right? And so Jesus says, he says, now listen, guys, I'm going to pray to the Father, verse 16, and he'll give you another helper, one of the same kind that he, he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. He says, but you know him, for he dwells with you and he will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Isn't that a beautiful statement? Why? Because Jesus was walking with them for the last three plus years. And he says, but by the way, I'm going to the Father. He says, but, I'm, but I'll be in you. And again, you got to remember, you got to just remember the mindset. To you and I who've walked in Christianity here, we, we kind of understand a little bit about the Holy Spirit. We know that when we gave our lives to Jesus, we go, oh, okay, I understand. It's a, my life changed. I, I feel him in me. I'm no longer trying to uh, walk by feelings or by my own conscience. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. We get that. But to them, they're going, I'm not sure if I get it. And so, genius, so Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you guys. I'm going to come to you. And then he continues his teaching in verse 19. He says, a little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. If you're a, if you're a Bible highlighter, underliner, writer, I would put a big smiley face right there. You go, why is that? Notice what he says. He says, guys, just in a little while, Right? In Spanish, he said, poquito mas, just a little bit, right? A little bit longer. He says, you'll see me. The world, you know, the, the world will see me no more. He says, but you'll see me. And I'm thinking, if, he's, if this is applied to us, how am I going to see Jesus? How am I going to see Jesus if, if he's gone? And then it, it dawned on me. You know how I see Jesus? And you guys. I see Jesus every day in your lives, in your heart. In your decisions, and it's a beautiful thing. I'm like, you want to know Jesus lives? 
Look at you. Look at look at people. Look at people who follow Jesus. You can see that their lives, right? Now here's the problem. You're either in a position right now going, Amen, or you're in a position going, Oh, I'm convicted right now because I haven't been representing Jesus that well. Oh, either way, we know that Jesus lives in us. Can I get an amen? amen. So he says, a little while longer, right? And the world will see me no more, but you'll see me. He says, because I live, you will live also. Now, remember, Jesus gave us the root of comfort, right, and peace in verse 16. I'm going to send you, here's the root. I'm going to send you another helper, the Holy Spirit. But now Jesus gives us the fruit of comfort. How's that? How's the fruit of comfort? Right here. Because I live, he says, you will live also. You will live also. What's Jesus talking about? Now, I believe that Jesus is describing the resurrection from the dead, right? Paul writes it like this in 1 Corinthians 15, 20. He says, but now Christ is risen from the dead. There he is. I'm going to see you. I live and has become the first fruits of all those who have fallen asleep. So Jesus is looking. He's going, listen, I'm going to live. But wait, Lord, you just told us that you're going to die on a cross. You just told us that you're going away. You just told us that you're going to the Father. Make up your mind, Jesus. He goes, no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Because I live, you're going to see this. This is all going to come. This is all going to make sense in a few days. But right now, I just want to pour it into you. I want to pour it into your heart. Paul says, "Yeah, it's because Jesus rose from the day from the dead, the resurrection." And then he says, "But I also believe he gives unbelievable peace." Second Corinthians chapter four verse ten says this: Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. See, and that's a tough one right there, right? Because, because he just told us this. He said, he said, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Why, Lord? Because I live, you will live also. And he says, and he says this, listen, that, that our lives, whether healthy or sick, what do we do, guys? The life of Jesus is going to be seen in our bodies. The life of Jesus. Now, think about this. Think about this, okay? We're putting on our thinking kit. The last time the world saw Jesus is when Joseph, do you guys remember? And Nicodemus took him from the cross and buried him. That's the last time. The next time the world sees Jesus, he's going to come back, right? He's going to come back in power and great glory. Now, that's important. Why? Because you'll stop and you'll go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought, I thought when we hear the trumpet, no, the, the, the rapture's for believers. The world's going to shake their head going, what happened? Oh, I know what happened. Aliens. Aliens got them. They can't. I thought I saw a spaceship. They're just going to, there's going to be all kinds of theories, but you and I know we're going to be busy doing whatever we do, or we'll be doing yard work, or we'll be doing school, or we'll be at work, whatever it might be, and we'll hear that trumpet sound, and it'll be the most glorious thing. We'll look up, and at a twinkling of an eye, we'll be with Jesus forever. I can't wait for that day. The world's not going to see him, but you know when the world does see him is when we come back with him. When we come back with him after seven years of party in heaven, right? You know why? You know why it's going to be a party in heaven? Because there's no calories in heaven. There's no cal. You guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, no carbs. If you're on the low carb, there's no exercise because we got great glorified bodies, right? I like that. That's going to be good about it because we're going to party. We're going to have a we're going to have a great supper. It's going to be amazing. 
You won't be going, should I have that other roll? What do you think? I really like it. It's buttery. I'm making you all hungry, aren't I? Oh, it's going to be so good in heaven. After seven years, he's going to come back. So the next time the world sees Jesus, he's coming back in power, in power. So we see this, guys, we see. Now, in verse 20, he says, and at that day, he says, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Okay? Now, if you have a pencil handy, the Holy Spirit stress marker, he wants to point out you. He says, at that day, you, the Holy Spirit is going, pay attention right here to you, okay? You're going to know. You're going to know, okay? What am I going to know, Lord? I'm going to know what? That I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So what are we knowing, guys? Is that the Holy Spirit is going to come through, through Jesus is going to come and live inside us. That phrase, you in me, and I in you, this is, this is a, this is interesting because they went, the, the disciples went to have got it then. This is basically, he's pointing out the new relationship we have with Christ. It'll be a new, it's the same, it, to you and I, it's like, well, that's the relationship I have. But I want you to think back to the day when you were not saved. To the day when, when, when you were worldly, before you actually, you know, your heart was transformed. You remember that day? You go, yeah, it's crazy life, crazy. But the new relationship, now Jesus came and he lived in, starts to live inside you and your heart changed. Things are different. You thought different. And you couldn't understand it. You're like, why am I so nice? Why am I so loving? Why do I cry at everything now? You know, I mean, your heart used to be hard, but now it's sensitive. It was like, did you see that commercial? What? That's what happened to me. And I told Nathalie, it was allergies. Leave me alone. That, that's, that's what's happening, guys. And, and it's the new mystery. It's the mystery of the body of Christ. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Listen to this. He says, to them, God willed to make known what the riches of his glory, this mystery among Gentiles. And you go, what is that mystery? which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That was a mystery. Before it wasn't. Before it wasn't. Now it is. Now, before we move on, I want to take a brief look, guys, at the results of Christ as we preach the gospel in our lives. Okay, I want to, you can turn there if you're pretty fast. It's just one book to the right. Let me just show you what this looks like in the life of a believer. Hold your place here and turn over to Acts chapter 2. You can just put a, it's just right over to the right, a few pages, um, just yeah, literally a few pages. Acts chapter 2, I'm just going to read this. If you don't want to turn there, that's fine. But I always ask you to turn there so you can look in your Bible and you can read it for yourself. Acts chapter 2, notice, the Holy Spirit has just come upon them. There, God is in them. This is amazing. Notice, notice what happens. Acts 2.41. It says, And those who gladly received the word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Can you imagine? That's revival. How did it happen? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, it was getting back to basics. This is the first church. It was, it was hey, we left all... Peter comes up and he preaches a message and 3,000 people get saved. 3,000 people get saved and they're baptized. And you go, what happened after that? Well, with Jesus living in them, look at verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the teaching of the word of God, in fellowship, right? In in koinonia, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. This is what we should be doing, guys, as a church. 
We should be fellowship. We should be learning the word of God. We should be fellowshipping. We should be breaking bread with each other. We should be loving each other, right? And we should be praying. I can't tell you the church in general, it's anemic when it comes to prayer. Hey, let's get a prayer meeting. Crickets, crickets. Just a few going, I'm just going to, we should be in here praying and seeking God. Why? Because, because the disciples left everything. We got to be careful. We want to pray. It says, then fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. Notice, I want, to, I want you to see the mindset, okay? This is the mindset of a life that's transformed. They were all together and they had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and good and divided among all as anyone who had need. Whoa, that does not describe me. I want it to, but they're like, listen, it's, it's all yours, God. It's all yours. And they're selling stuff and going, who has a need? Do you have a need? Hey, take it. Take it. You know what we do? You know what we do? We go buy us a new one, and then we look at our old one, and we go, yeah, you can have it. It's got a few holes in it. It's got a few things, but it's good. They're over here going, we all have this in common. It's amazing. They sold their possessions and good. Pastor Ben, we went to Calvary, and he told me to sell all my stuff. That's not what I'm telling you to do. What I'm telling you to do is have the heart that says that, that, that looks like this. They divided them among any who had a need. Guys, can we do this? Could we be a church that just meets the needs of people? Could I mean, seriously. Just meeting needs. We had a young gal come in yesterday. She looked like she was on something. We had just finished cleaning. We had a gal. She came in. Um, she was wanting coffee. I don't, I don't know what she wanted. Okay? And uh, she asked for a ride. We said, sorry, we can't give you a ride. We, we, we can try to get you a taxi or a bus or whatever. But the point was, we gave her some money so she could take a taxi. Now, part of us probably thought, she's going to take that money in. Right. But the point is, is that we want to meet needs as best we can and not be so judgmental because of people's bad choices. You guys are nodding with me, right? You know what I'm saying? We want to do our very best to go, hey, this is, this is to help you, not to hurt you. But once you let it out of your hand, guess what? It's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. They're looking at people and going, what do you have a need for? And, 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 and we, have been, we have been so cultured, guys, by us, by we saying, hey, you, you have a need? Well, let me scratch your back, and then you scratch mine. I lent you my lawnmower. Why don't you, you know, I mean, we just... I'll tell you what, how about we do a new mindset? Why don't we just give away our stuff? You say, you give it away, pastor. (laughs) But think about it, though. Think about it. What What can you live without right now? What can you just go, you know what, if we sold that, we could just... Just think about it. Because that's what they're doing, guys. That's what they're doing. So, verse 26, verse 46, so continuing daily when one accord in the temple, the breaking of bread from house to house, they ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. That's what happens when God comes in our lives and transforms us. 
Pastor Ben, are you saying I need to give all my money away? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I want a heart. I want a heart that looks at people more than it looks at than, than I want to look at my stuff. I'll tell you why. Because at the end of my life, I can't take it with me. I can't. And you've heard that sermon a thousand times. You can't take it with you. So why don't we uh, send it ahead? Why don't we send it ahead by, by, by helping who we can help, by loving? You know, example, we went out to, we went out to Grace Campus, and, we're, we, and Stephen gets water, and we have water. We give them water and chips and things like that, and we just kind of minister them. We just love on them, guys. But the lady told me, hey, listen, um, I know you brought water. It's still hot, but you know what we're going to need? We're going to need blankets. We're going to need blankets when, when the, the cold months come. And I'm going, how many of us probably have two or three extra blankets we never use up stored? And we say, listen, we could just, we could just bring them to the church. We can put them there and go, hey, let's, let's take them when it gets cold. Let's take light. Let's go. We all do. And I thought, what, what, this is what the early churches do. Well, what is the early, this is what the early church is doing. They're, they're meeting that need. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Sorry, I've got off on that, but that's okay. Back in John, okay? Back in John. This is the early church, okay? Jesus continues in verse, notice, in verse 21. He who has my commandments keeps them, and he who loves me, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now, again, remember, everybody say context, Let's say it again, context, okay? Because Jesus is referring to loving God and others as Jesus has loved people. Notice what he says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and I will manifest myself. John actually says that again in 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. He says, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Listen, church, our faith works through love, right? We measure our love to the extent of being obedient to God. That's what he's saying. Warren Wearsby says it like this, and I quote, If we treasure his word and obey it, then the Father and the Son will share their love with us and make their home in us, unquote. Isn't that the coolest thing? That's what, that's what God is saying. He's going, listen, listen, if you love God, don't just say it. You'll, you'll prove it by being obedient to his word. You'll prove it by how? By loving people, by sharing the gospel, by, by trying to meet people's needs. You'll love it by, by, I mean, just think about in your life how you, can, how you can be obedient to God's word and love people, right? Why? Because notice what he says. He says, again, he says, my father, and I will love him, and I will manifest. You guys see that in verse 21? The word manifest means reveal, reveal. See, what's he saying? Love is the foundation of our relationship with God. Let me say that again. Love is the foundation of our relationship with God. His love has been what? Manifested in the gift of Jesus. Our love for him should be manifested or revealed in our obedience to him. That's what it should be, okay? So what happens? Somebody raises their hand. Look at verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot. Don't you just love John? Because John wants to make sure that Judas is gone. 
Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. So he's like, hey, the other fellow named Judas? You go, there were two Judases? Yes, it's a very common name, okay? Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Okay? In other words, he's saying, how is it that you're going to reveal yourself just to us and the world's not going to see you? Now, if you're taking note, just I want to give you a little bit of just, this is the fourth interruption of the teaching of Jesus. Do you guys remember? Jesus begins to teach. Peter interrupts him. Thomas interrupts him. Philip interrupts him. And now Judas says, um, oh, stop right there. Time out, Lord. Time out. How are you going to do this? And Jesus answers. Notice verse 23. Jesus answered and he said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and I will come to him and make our home with him, with him. Guys, circle that word for love right there. Jesus said, if anyone loves or loves, circle that word for loves. Why? Because in the verb form, it's a continuous love. It's a continuous Okay, so Jesus said, listen, if anyone, who's anyone? You guys are anyone. If anyone continually loves Jesus, right, you're going to keep his word. It's, 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 it's going to happen. You're going to keep his word. Okay, and he says, and if you keep my word, guess what? My father will love him and we will come and make our home with him. I don't know if you guys got that, but. There's, there's the speaking of the Trinity, the Father, Son, our. He's going to come inside and live in, in me. He's going to make your life his home. Now, we, could go, we could go several places with that, can't you? Because you go, my heart's Christ's home? Oh. See, you see, my heart, my heart is a home? Well, there are several rooms that, of course, I allow the Lord Jesus to come in. Of course, they're clean, they're nice, they smell good, free breeze, all ready to go. But there's some things, there's some, there's some, there's some stuff in my heart, some rooms that I'm like. And Jesus comes and said, "Hey Ben, how's it going? Lord, are you you making yourself at home? Oh, feel great." He says, "I want to go check out the back bedrooms." Oh, oh, huh, uh, hmm. Whew. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, Lord. Um, hmm. What are you doing tomorrow? Are you going out at all? No, I'm going to hang out here. Mm. Is that not true, guys? There's some things in our hearts that we don't want Jesus to see. And so the Lord goes, but Ben, Ben, I know what's back there. You do? And he says, yeah. But the reason I want to see him is because I want to clean them out. They're hurting you, and I don't want that to hurt you anymore. But Lord, it's going to hurt. I know. But if I can clean him out, it'll smell good. I say, okay, Lord, you win. Go for it. So the Lord goes out. He cleans up the bedroom, right? And then he comes back and he knocks on your heart and he says, hey, um, this closet is locked. Yeah, Lord, that's like past. That's like stuff. It's locked. I don't let anybody in there. Anybody. Yeah, but I... But Ben, there's a... There's a really awful stench coming from that closet. But don't worry, Lord, you've got the whole house. You've got the living, you've got the kitchen, you've got the, you've got the refrigerator, you've got everything. Lord, please, 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 please. But, but Ben, I want, that, I want that closet. Anybody, can anybody identify? I want that closet. No, Lord. 
I lost the key. Really, Ben? Sorry, Lord. <laughs> Look who I'm trying to lie to. Uh, and then you let, him, you let him do that in the process, right? You let him do that in the process of your heart, and he, and he cleans that out. And he gets those dead bones out. He gets that rotting flesh out. He gets that out, and he, and he cleans it up. And he doesn't judge you guys. He loves you. He loves you. Now, now listen to this. Check this out. Check this out. As I was going through this study, you know, sometimes I scroll, I scroll on Facebook and Instagram. Don't judge. You do the same. And I found, I found this on Instagram, and I heard it, and it's from Pastor Levi Lusco, and I loved it. It, it just sounded so good. He was quoting John, 1 John 4, 8, and he said, for God is love. And then he says this, quote, listen, the reason Jesus speaks about love so much is because love became a person. And he walked among us and died for our sins. And then he goes on to say this, the goal isn't to love more, love better, it's to let his love in and then let love, and then let the love flow out, end quote. I was just like, man, that is just exactly what Jesus said. He's talking about love. And he says, and the reason is what? Just let, just, just God is love. Let him in. And I, what really spoke to me, guys, is that the person, right? Jesus speaks so much because love became a person. If you were to describe perfect love, would it be Jesus? And so then you take that perfect love, you put it in, and then let it flow out. You let it flow out. So he says, right, he tells us, he says, guys, listen, we're going to come in, we're going to make our home, just let it go. And then, and then as we move on in our text, we have one of the saddest verses I could ever imagine. Look at verse 24. Jesus speaking, and he says, and he who does not love me does not keep my words. And for the love which you hear is not mine. But the Father, or for the word which you hear is not mine, excuse me, but the Father who sent me. And I just, in my Bible, I just have a sad face. I mean, did you catch what Jesus just said here? Did you catch this, guys? What's he saying? He's saying the person really, the person who really doesn't love Jesus isn't keeping his words. He's not keeping his commandments. In other words, anyone who doesn't obey me doesn't love me. Wow. Let me unpack it this way, guys. Our Jesus is speaking of a deeper relationship we will have with the Father and the Son. And you go, how? Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, remember, Jesus told them, and he tells us, he's like, guys, don't stress out. Don't stress out. Don't, don't. The, the, the funny word is it's agitated. Don't be agitated. Okay. And I don't know. I was, we were shopping yesterday and um, my granddaughter, it's funniest story. My granddaughter was wanting a toy. I don't know where she got that from grandpa. I don't know. But every time we go to the store, she wants a toy. Can anybody relate? And so I'm saying, no, you can't have a toy. We're just here to do this. And she says, grandpa, I'm agitated. Where did she get that word? I'm like, you're agitated. And so I said, I said, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. <laughs> Believe in me. Believe also in God. And she didn't appreciate that. But anyways, the point was she was agitated. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. Don't stress out, guys. He said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. This new, deeper relationship is based upon what? Upon our text. What is it involved? Jot this down. Number one, obedience to his word. Obedience to his word. The Word of God says it, let's obey. Can I get an amen? 
The second thing is found in verse 24. It's not only obedience, but it's a love for his word. A love for his word. A love for his word. Let me close with this, guys. I want to close with the last two verses. These are some comfort verses, okay? Verse 25 and 26. It says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things to, and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Okay? So, again, think about this. Verse 25. But these things I have spoken. Everybody say spoken. Because I want you to see this word. It's in the perfect um, uh, participle, and it means this, and now still is. It's an action-leaving, lasting significance. In other words, what Jesus spoke while he was with his disciples is still being heard today. That's what it means. It's, still, it's, it's, it's a continuing, right? And so, in other words, Jesus today still speaks to us, guys. For you see, he is present with us, and he lives in us. Now, here's what blows me away. Okay, I'm going to close with this. What blows me away, what blows me away is that notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, I'm going to send you the helper, the Holy Spirit. The Father's going to send him in my name. You guys see that? What's he going to do? He's going to teach you all things, and he's going to bring remembrance all the things that I said to you. So that phrase, in my name, here's what it means. It means that the Holy Spirit would act on behalf of Jesus. You go, what do you mean? In other words, picture Jesus with his disciples in human form before going to the cross, before dying, before resurrecting, okay, before showing himself to many people and then ascending to heaven, okay? What did he do? He spent time, what, teaching his disciples. He poured into them. This is what it is. We sat, at the, we sat at the fire and Jesus spoke and they were words that pierced my heart. We were walking from around the Sea of Galilee and he began teaching. You guys get that, right? That's what he's done. But now he's going, now listen, now I'm going to go away and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit in my name, right? He's going to come in, in, in my name. And just as Jesus demonstrated to the world personality and character of the Father, Now the Holy Spirit would make the living Christ real to us. You go, what do you mean? Guys, the Holy Spirit is going to do the same thing to Scott and to Paul and to Joe and to Gio and to Anthony. He's going to to do the same thing that Jesus did when he was in the world. You go, what's that? He's going to teach you about the, the heart of the Father and the character. He's going to teach you exactly what Jesus did, guys. He's going to teach you the personality of the Father. That's his job. One of the things that I can take comfort on as a pastor is that it's the Holy Spirit who teaches. I just come up here and go, hey, here's what that means. Here's what I think it means. Okay, let's go, amen. But, it's, but you'll sit there and people come up and go, Wow. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the Holy Spirit's helper. I didn't do anything. It was the Holy Spirit who taught you. And your life has changed because that's the Holy Spirit. He's going to go, let me reveal who Christ is to you in your life. And you're like, amen, amen. And then the second thing he does, guys, is he's going to bring to memory what Jesus taught. What Jesus taught.
he's going to bring to memory. Guys, the more you learn this, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to bring that to your memory. You'll be, you'll be sharing the gospel with somebody in your life, just who you are, in your work, and, and you're, going to be, you're going to go, man, Bible verses were coming that I didn't even know I remembered. Anybody happen? Anybody happen to you? Because it's the Holy Spirit who's going to bring you what Jesus taught. It's the Holy Spirit. And people go, what is wrong with you? Wow. They think you're a great theologian and you're like, I don't know where that came from. Thank you, Jesus. Because that's his job. His job wants to teach us what Jesus taught. Ready? You guys ready? What did Jesus teach? Ah, you got it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You you taught him. He taught love. Listen, I want to do my best. I want to do my best to love people because I think I think that's when I act best in God's character. That's when I try to love people and try to do my best. I don't always succeed, but I want to do my best to try to love on people. Maybe you're here this morning, guys, and if you, if you do a quick assessment of your life, you go, Ben, I'm super stressed. I'm stressed out. I'm agitated. Jesus says, hey, guys, don't be stressed. Because you have the helper. You have the advocate. You have the comforter. You have the Holy Spirit. And he's going to teach you all things, and he's going to walk with you. And he's going to remember, and he's going to be your peace, and he's going to be your joy. He's the one that's going to get you through the day. You don't need a you don't need you don't need a bottle. You don't need pills. We we need it. We need to we need to run to the Holy Spirit and say, God, help me get through my day. I want to offer a challenge. Can I offer a challenge this week? If you get stressed out, if you get to the place where you're just, it's just, you're upset. Life has just pushed you to the limit. I want you to stop, drop, and roll. No, I'm just kidding. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to worship. I want you to worship. I want you to put on worship music. I want you to raise your hands. I want you to sing to the top of your lungs. You go, why? Because you cannot be mad and agitated and stressed when you're worshiping God. That's going to. You're going to get... It's coming. It's coming. Turn on the music, worship, and just worship. Stress will just melt away. And God will bring you to the place where you need to be. Can I get an amen? amen? Father, thank you for your word and the truth in your word. We love you so much. God, we bless your holy name. We thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, now we pray, speak to us, Lord, as we walk out the door, as we fellowship, as we love on people, God, because that's what you called us to do. You called us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. We ask that you just, uh, we invite you inside, Holy Spirit. Come and do that work. We love you. It's in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.
Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.